0: Bulletcast for for, for for Life Get on, get off! This is a revolution This is our time Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case, if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold, the greatest sports recreational podcast from the world today, and I'm still your current reigning defending bullet cast champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. For, 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 for life, brother. Yes, I'm the microphone messiah, but you know I never do this alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim to my Jay, the Tully to my Arn, the stevie ray of my booker t ladies and gentlemen he's like austin he's the biggest box office draw when it comes to digital media audio the canadian destroyer brandon tanguma is on the line let it sink in guys feel it he's my he's my own version of the texas rattlesnake he has a sailor's mouth and he likes to drink beer brandon how are you doing on this fine thursday afternoon
1: Well, Philip, that was quite an introduction there. Uh, I'm flattered. I mean, I got to agree with you. I do have a, I do like to cuss and I do like to drink beer. So if you're gonna compare me to the Texas Rattlesnake, maybe my favorite wrestler of all time. You're just gonna have to stay tuned to find out because we're gonna be doing a list of that very shortly, one of these days.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Probably. i don't, I don't we'll, we'll. We'll get that out. We. I know we had a fan mail about that. It was supposed to be recorded within the last couple of days, but you know things happen. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about the week that was in professional wrestling, we have to start off with uh, The Undertaker Last Ride Part 4. It was after Backlash, which had the greatest wrestling match ever on it. I don't know if you guys know that, you know. So, with this one, you know, it's still Taker trying to figure out when's when's going to be the last time, and you know, they, uh, they, they talk about the Goldberg match, and all this, uh, all, the, all this other stuff, Brandon. What was your takeaways from this uh, episode of The Last Ride?
1: Well, Philip, I definitely did watch this, but I also did watch a recap of it on What Culture, so I actually do know what happened on The Undertaker Last Ride, and it's getting a little sad. The Undertaker, it's kind of like what we keep saying, even from the outside looking in. It's like he he keeps trying to come back, trying to to redeem himself for what crappy match he had the time before, but yet it's, it still isn't happening. He he still tries to come back, tries to, you know, try to chase the old glory days, but it's, it's, it just kind of keeps getting worse and worse.
0: I don't know. They, uh, they had that. um Oh, what, what was it? They, they talked about the tag match. He and Roman had against drew and Shane Taker looked good there. He, he did, you know, he looked very good there. But uh, obviously, I, I mean, we know he wants to go out in a stadium. Sam Roberts just had him on his podcast this past week, and you know, that's that's what Taker wants to do—go out uh, in front of the crowd. And you know what? I I I think if he works AJ, he'll get a he'll get a good enough match out of out of that to where he'll be proud, and he could eventually walk away.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's usually what happens is you you might have like a crappy outing, but then you'll have like one decent outing and you're like, see, I still got it. I I can still do this. But then when you try again, then sometimes it gets worse and worse. And then maybe you you try one too many times and you seriously hurt yourself. Hopefully hopefully it doesn't happen. But in 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 your old age, in your advanced age, like The Undertaker is, maybe sometimes just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it
0: yeah i mean he's trying to chase that uh that f- that feeling from the the two with Sean and then the the two with hunter and that la- the end of an era and all that stuff well i mean you have to look at the guys you were in the ring with Sean, probably the greatest in ring performer in the history of the business and hunter very very close in that argument i mean dominated the game no pun intended there but for for a quarter of a century is what we've seen with the celebrations or whatever the point being You're in there with guys who are two of the best caliber athletes in the game now. They do have those in WWE, but who would be the right fit, you know? Could, Could a Seth Rollins come into the fold and, you know, do his Messiah talk, and he talks about how he wants to end something that's been dragging on for too long, and that's the career of The Undertaker. You could go that route. Or you could have one of the veterans. You could you could have Randy step into the fold because Randy's accelerated right now with what he's doing. It's probably some of the best work of Randy's career. So, you know, I mean there there are options or you could have him in AJ traditional uh match in front of fans. No no cinematic experience needed there, but it's it's just when when he gets that satisfactory feeling, that's when it'll be over. And if he has another bad outing he's gonna keep going until he uh, he he feels as though it's time to end it
1: well not every great athlete gets to do the Peyton Manning or whatever where you get to leave out on top with at your highest moment sometimes i mean mostly almost every single you know aging superstar aging veteran they just kind of end on a whimper and it's only you know very few and far between where those greats have that great standoff, like Shawn Michaels did. And I definitely did watch the documentary, Philip. and I'm just confirming with you that Undertaker did tell Shawn, either jokingly or seriously, that I should have left with you back at that WrestleMania 26 match.
0: Yeah, but if he had left, then we wouldn't have got 27 and 28. If and he, 29. And 20, 29, it probably, looking back at it, it's probably the best worked match on the card. But, uh, you know what? If he had left at 28, okay. streak still intact. He had a war with one of the best in the business, while another one that's a great in the industry was the special referee, Ford, and they shared that moment. If he had left at 28, that would have been cool. But, you know, we wouldn't have got the, the good storytelling with Punk at 29 and then Lesnar ending the streak. If he had left at 30, okay. Okay, that, that would have made more sense. It's over. This is the one thing that I've had to hold on to for all these years, and now that it's finally ended, what more do I have left to do here? If it left at 30, that would have been perfectly fine.
1: I've always felt like with The Undertaker, and especially when the streak was still a thing, that you definitely should ex- kind of explicitly hint or say that this is the last ride. I know they've kind of said that. I think they've even used that like as – like a, a tagline for like a match or two. But back in the day, I mean, even maybe now they're going to definitely advertise that if Undertaker comes to the conclusion that this is it, that that's what the match is going to be advertised as is his last match.
0: Or, you know, we're seeing more of a human side to the Undertaker. Now, do we, does Vince come out and say, I love you, but you know, kind of pull, do what he did with Rick. The next match you lose is going to be your last.
1: Vince really hasn't been a central figure in WWE recently, so I don't know if it would just kind of be out of the blue for him to come out and you know have a be a main storyline with The Undertaker. But you, I mean, you do have this documentary, a lot of people are watching it, so I mean, you could kind of draw from that. We haven't really had any hints or signs that The Undertaker is going to be doing anything thus far, so maybe. We're not going to see him again until WrestleMania. I know people have a soft spot for him at Survivor Series because that's when he debuted. But if The Undertaker just wants to come back once a year and have a match, I mean, hopefully it's, you know, they could be as successful as that Boneyard match was. But now we're starting to see that with the Viking War Raider Street Profits that uh, maybe the cinematic matches in WWE at least have kind of jumped the shark
0: you know, that's a possibility, and I forgot to uh, mention, they mentioned AEW and StarCast in this doc, in this episode, so, uh, you know, they pull up the StarCast graphic, you know, Taker's like, oh, well, you know, because he got on social media, and he was like, I'm gonna start doing, you know, these conventions, and Vince calls, him like, what the hell are you doing, and, you know, Taker's like, oh, I'm I'm doing this thing, he's like, there's a show event uh, attached to that, and and Taker's like, well, you know, I'm not going anywhere, so Vince, you know, he shut that ish down real quick, I remember they, they pulled, uh, him and Kurt Angle. They pulled him and Kurt Angle from the Starcast, uh, in Vegas. And let me tell you, I was ready to blow the blow the gasket on uh, on that. Now a lot of the meet and greets they were reasonably priced, but I know Taker. He was going to be up there because I think the the Horseman meet and greet, like meet all four of them before Rick got sick, was like two eighty. So you know, Taker's was going to be up there.
1: Yeah, I was definitely waiting and. In- getting my bank account set for that undertaker meet and greet because the one thing that i've always wanted to get signed it's kind of my 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 goal is i have this undertaker funny car die cast whatever model car and it's like beautiful and that's like the only thing i really want to get signed by him but then i also have the undertaker russell uh sean michaels photo from 26 i got sean to sign so i also want to get that signed so i might have had to pay like extra money to get him to sign two things but it might have been worth it because he doesn't do a whole lot. I know he came here to San Jose once, but I think I was I was out of town because there was another wrestling event at the time.
0: Yeah, man, that's – that. that I, if I can get, like, something from 25 and meet Sean again or to have him sign it – or, you know what? I have this bag that, that Sean signed. Would it be weird if Taker signed that?
1: I mean, you do you, boo.
0: You know, Seamus tells stories of people having him sign jars of mayonnaise, so – a bag a bag is not strange. You know. I once had Matt Hardy sign a dollar, okay, ladies and gentlemen. I lost it, but he
1: signed for the, it. For those people out there when conventions and wrestling shows get back, I would suggest you to invest in a WW Encyclopedia. It's a perfect place to have all it's like a it's like a little wrestling yearbook for all the people to sign. And if they're they're not in there, you can just sign the front page or the, the inside blank pages of the encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, just don't do don't, uh, don't don't waste their time and scroll through the pages, ladies and gentlemen.
1: And, and don't turn to the wrong page, like I've done a few times.
0: Oh, uh, didn't uh, Dean Malenko didn't he have a comment about yours? Who who did he see?
1: Uh, I well, speaking of Dean Malenko, this was also at Starcast. I go to meet Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and I perfectly marked every single one that I knew I was going to meet that day, and I accidentally turned. To Dean Malenko instead of Ricky Steamboat. And then I made a joke about how no one says you look like Dean Malenko. Completely no sold my joke. It's whatever. But then, yes, I go to meet Dean Malenko like a half hour later. And he like fakes that he's going to scribble out Deborah. And for some reason, I thought it was Sable. I didn't like put two and two together about who it actually was. But he was like, oh, you know, I told him if you want to scribble it out, go and go and do it. Because I'm probably never going to meet her. And he's like, huh, lucky you. And I was like, "Okay, Dean Malenko, not a big fan of Deborah." (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you, you met the you met the dragon did you uh i i said something stupid to him and i was like oh of course he's heard that before did, did did you say something stupid
1: well that that was kind of my thing i said something stupid where i turned to the wrong page and it made my joke and then he just looked at it no sold my joke shook my hand took the foot or the picture and walked away yeah
0: uh, my buddy Rico met him, and then I took the picture, and I shook his hand. He was like, thanks for taking the picture. I'm like, Savage, and you, that's one of the best matches I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, I hear that a lot. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, let me walk away now. You know. But you yeah, shout out Ricky Steamboat, former world champion, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, former Intercontinental champion, Speaking of the Intercontinental Championship, the finals of the Intercontinental Championship tournament were held on SmackDown this past Friday, and the phenomenal AJ Styles took claim to one of the most prestigious championships in the world of professional wrestling. He defeats a former Intercontinental Champion, Daniel Bryan. What were your thoughts on the finals, and uh, still, do you have any new thoughts on that uh, that championship design?
1: I still very much enjoy that championship design. I think it looks beautiful. But if it was a... if Like, let's say if that was the 24-7 title design or the new Cruiserweight title design, I think it would be perfect. But I think with the history and the lineage of the IC title, I think if you just kept it with that same nameplate, I think even if you wanted to change it, you could have just went back to the black strap. I think it could have looked a... You know, kind of changed it up a little bit different from the white strap, and it's a little bit more durable. But... The design itself, I like it. But I think just with the IC title, I know they're changing titles. I mean, they've changed pretty much every title in like the last five years. So it's no surprise that they would change the IC title. But the match itself, very much enjoyed it. They basically threw them on halfway through SmackDown and they filled like almost, I think like an hour of television time or 40 minutes of television time. Really good match. Sucks that there was no fans in the crowd. So it's kind of hard to gauge how good the match really could have been. But I think even with the trainees in the performance center it still was a fantastic match different than what they've wrestled at the bingo halls and in ROH and you know some of the other indie matches that they've had which maybe I think we've maybe even had a a match pick of theirs you know a few months ago but these two guys definitely are familiar with each other they've wrestled each other a lot on the indie scene not not really sure how many times they've wrestled each other in WWE but it definitely had a really good match and you can tell they wanted to put on a good show
0: yeah, speaking of uh, Styles versus Bryan, Bingo Halls, they had a match against each other. I think it's like two thousand two, two thousand three. They're in like a, like a uh, not a bingo hall, but like a little, a little dining room hall, convention hall, wh- whatever it is. Kind of like uh, that trash promotion in Newark, you know that what, what they run in there, that venue. But the the point is, Styles Styles versus Brian, It was like twenty three minutes. One of the best matches I've ever seen. And that's, that's before they've really gained all that knowledge and being on the big stage and all these great moments. To be that that young in their careers and having that kind of a match, oh, God.
1: And that's kind of the beauty of indie wrestling. You can see you guys have fantastic matches that no one's ever seen before. I went to the Roland Alexander Memorial. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I watched like a 30-minute draw with Timothy Thatcher and some scum from reno that i thought was maybe the one of the best matches I've ever seen and only like maybe 20 30 people were there to see it and i thought it was fantastic
0: wow you, you've been putting over charlotte as of late randy orton and now scums for reno brandon are you having a change of heart
1: uh definitely not
0: oh, 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 oh okay oh, oh, okay all right all right i, I just wanted to know but uh, yeah i mean styles and brian they did good business a lot of a lot, a lot of a lot of submission wrestling you know Brian doing inverted surfboards, and I thought he was going to lock in the Moodle lock for a second. But it was it, was, it was good-ish by, by these two gentlemen. Congratulations, AJ Styles, the new w, uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion. And I still hate that championship design. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Edge tears his tricep uh, in the greatest wrestling match ever. At least it wasn't his neck. Let's all be very thankful for that. So this, uh, apparently, he's going to be out for four to eight months. Brandon, thoughts on the Rated R Superstar getting hurt?
1: Well, I hinted a little bit at that during our backlash uh, recap, and unfortunately, the news is true. I thought he played it off well. I couldn't really see any point in the match where it hurt, and he was, like, really, you know, tending to it but that's just kind of the the beauty of adrenaline you can get seriously injured and yet you don't really feel anything but it definitely sucks I mean Edge only wrestling three matches if you include the Royal Rumble and now he's out for four to eight months I think you can go back to the Randy Orton uh program if you want but yeah it just definitely sucks I, I mean you're worried about one thing and that's kind of what happens sometimes is you you kind of you, you tend to protect one area and then that just leaves another area vulnerable. Obviously, it, it's probably not the case because it's a tricep. It's kind of hard to like protect a tricep, but yeah, I mean, it just it sucks for Edge. And I thought he was doing really good work in the promo side, the match itself, the matches. As I said, I really didn't like the WrestleMania match, thought the backlash match was pretty good. I need to go watch it, rewatch it back with kind of fresh eyes. But yeah, that's just the way the cookie crumples sometimes.
0: He did the way the cookie crumbled the BB. Uh, I did go back and watch uh, watched it a day later and uh still, you know I we had a fa- we have a fan mail about it. We'll talk about that once we get get there, but uh I still think they did do good business. Alright, uh Chris Jericho, Le Champion, he does that uh, Paul Stanley impersonation on his podcast. Brendan, how's it go?
1: Hell yeah.
0: There we go, there we go, there we go. Uh yeah, so he was he did an interview with What Culture um, and he he talked, you know, he talked about uh what he's been doing with his band, new band, quarantine, and AEW and the stuff with Lawrence Cassidy. And he talks about you know if if WWE let, let go of all he talks about all the let go WWE talent. He's like, you know, we're not really interested in a couple of those guys, but I think the one guy we would really want is Roman. You know, to kind of just let him be him, let the let the reins loose, so to speak. So, what, Brandon? What what are your thoughts on Les Champions? uh wanting the big dog in AEW.
1: Well, I definitely did see this interview, Philip, but Roman in AEW, I think it's always been kind of a question of what could Roman do if the the chains were taken off the big dog and AEW, I mean, we've seen what happened with John Mox, I think he's been doing a lot of good work. We've seen what Brody Lee's been doing. You know, it's been kind of hit or miss, but with Roman, he he comes across like a cool dude in interviews and stuff, but for some reason in front of the camera, something just hasn't really clicked with the audience. I think if he were to come to AEW, he definitely would be a heel. And if he's that top heel, and even, I mean, if you just plop him in right now with a babyface John Moxley against a heel Roman Reigns or Joe Anawaii, that could do some serious business, I think.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I think it would. I mean, uh just to see Roman Joe whatever, just to kind of just be himself without any without a lot of creative control and just to see what he can do. I mean and he, honestly God, he wouldn't have to change a thing just let, let him let him be him. He could keep the same gear, same moves at all that other ish, just let him be him and I, I think I think we could do big business with Roman. All right, Randy Orton said in a recent interview that he's looking to do this until he's fifty years old. Ten more years of the Viper, and I, honest to God, I'm I'm not tired of it. You know, it's always been said that you hit your, your mid your mid uh, to late thirties into your early forties for that uh, that career renaissance, that extra prime, and that run. And you know, Rand, Randy's there, man. You know, he's only forty years old, and he's done so much and. And he's only 40. That's crazy. Are you looking to forward to 10 more years of the Viper?
1: Well, if he continues to do good stuff like this, I won't complain as much. I'll just say that.
0: Look, yeah, I mean, Randy even said in one of the promos leading up to uh, Working Edge, he was like, man, even when I'm bored, I'm better than the rest of the locker room. Playing into the internet trolls, being like, oh, he's boring. He's unmotivated. Dude, dude. Even when he's not motivated, he's still good. That's just talent. That's just talent, guys. You wish your favorite wrestler could be like that. Kenny Omega wishes that when he was bored, he could wrestle as good as Randy Orton. But he can't. He can't. Alright, I think we're going to move on from that. Uh, Someone got the Rona Brandon. What happened?
1: Well, at the end of Monday night Raw, news leaked out that somebody had tested positive for COVID-19. If you guys did notice, there's actually more fans in the building for this episode of Raw, which was a family friends uh, group of people that were there. They we don't know exactly who to, well they, we know that it's a developmental trainee that tested positive. We don't exactly know who it is quite yet, but this kind of threw the entire taping schedule for a loop. They were supposed to tape on Tuesday and that got moved to Wednesday. NXT was, I think supposed to be taped, but that got moved to a live broadcast at full sale. And I mean, obviously this was kind of something that we thought was, was, Inevitable. I mean, somebody was especially with Florida kind of flaring up right now that something like this could happen. And it did happen. Kevin Owens, someone who has been kind of off and on at these tapings. Sami Zayn hasn't been at any of the tapings since this COVID pandemic has really started. Kevin Owens was not at the raw tapings. Who knows how? And it was in precaution of him. You know, of the someone testing positive for COVID, obviously he has children. He doesn't want to get any of them sick, which I completely agree. I mean, anyone who wants to miss out because they don't want to endanger themselves or their loved ones definitely agree with that. But, I mean, this is something that we thought could happen. It did happen. WWE has responded. I think it didn't look very good that we saw the Street Profits go into the crowd and dance with the people which is kind of the whole reason for the plexiglass there in the first place is to protect and you know give even more social distance between the active competitors and the people in the crowd so overall someone is tested positive for COVID-19 who knows how many people that person has interacted with which could lead to maybe more possible positive testing but I I mean, we're still in the early stages of this. We might have to wait a week or two to really see if this blows up anymore. But they have Raw in the can. SmackDown's in the can, I believe, as well. So at least the next week of tapings is not going to be affected by this.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly... There we go. Soundboard is back. woohoo. Uh, it's. We, we knew this was a possibility. We knew it was bound to happen. I mean... Uh, it was interesting to see, you know, non. Well, I know there were still some wrestlers in the crowd, but the majority of them were not, and so that was a breath of fresh air, so to speak. But uh, yeah, this this happened. Um, I really don't have much to say. Brandon, New Japan Lions, Bright colli- Collision, secret tapings uh, here in California. What's going on?
1: Well, New Japan has taped a secret set of matches at their LA dojo. Some west coast people some of the uh, young lions from the la dojo like our boy carl fredericks he's involved jeff cobb's involved uh ricky ricky romero rocky romero uh so you know a lot of those west coast la dojo guys are going to be in this tape we don't exactly know what that means quite yet the new japan cup is up and running watch night one have not seen night two or three quite yet but new japan up and running by mid July we will get the finals of the new Japan Cup and Dominion and they've also announced some other July events for New Japan after Dominion so New Japan definitely getting the ball rolling with some uh, shows
0: eh, I mean I mean they're okay you know they they're all right you know let's 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 just hope they take the uh the right precautions don't want anybody getting sick you know so we'll 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 see. Hon- honestly, we'll we'll just see. Yeah. Um. This day in wrestling, Sting makes his TNA debut. Two thousand three Slamiversary. Two thousand six. Uh. Christian Cage defends against a whole bunch of people. Money in the Bank. Twenty seventeen. This is where Baron Corbin became Mister Money in the Bank. Raw on this day in two thousand eighteen. Um. Dolph Ziggler defeats Seth Rollins to become the Intercontinental Champion for a sixth time. Unfortunately, on this day in 2018, we lost Big Van Vader. It's time. It's time. It's Vader time. Vito. Remember Vito? You know, from from the FBI, fully-blooded Italians. Uh, He's 56. And Bruiser Brody would have been 74 years old. Brandon, do you have any thoughts on any of this?
1: Not really. We got some more Christian Cage. Big Christian podcast today. A little bit of him coming up a little bit later. But Vader, Bruiser Brody, two of the... Best big men, super heavyweights of all time.
0: Absolutely. Uh, oh, I love the soundboard being back. It's uh, it's fan mail time, guys. Let's let's do it. Let's let's read it. Let's read it all. All right. Uh, Robert Walker. Taz with the FTW towel was a great touch on dynamite. A nod to his ECW days. Absolutely. That and then who can survive the path of cage? Obviously, a play in the path of rage. Hootie who 420. Hootie who. Uh Styles versus Brian Mates, that was absolutely bonkers. Yes it was. It was very good. It was very, very good. Very bonkers, as he said. Jack of all trades, who from outside AEW do you want to see challenge for the TNT championship? Oh, um I'd like to see Jeff Cobb come back and give it a swirl, give it a nice little touch. Uh obviously some people from MLW. I think low key making a run in. I think that'd be nice see Austin Aries, what he's been doing lately, I think that would be cool, um, yeah, you know, just, probably pull some more people from NWA, the homie Zicky Dice, I'd love to see him have a, have a shot at it, you never know, Brennan?
1: It's kind of hard for me to really make a prediction because we haven't really seen a lot of indie wrestling go on right now. So I'm kind of drawing a blank of who's really out there. And also, I don't know what kind of contracts could tie some people up. I mean, I would love to see Jacob Fatu wrestle Cody. I would love to see Cody, you know, maybe pull some of the uh, San Francisco APW guys out and see, uh, you know, him wrestle some of those dudes. I, I mean, NWA, those people could be a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, the East Coast indie scene. We don't really know a whole lot of those guys, but Cody kind of has the pulse of what's going on in the world of pro wrestling, so hopefully he can find some some uncut gems and get some of them on the show.
0: Absolutely. Robert Walker, uh, will you guys ever have a third person on the show? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the soundboard is the third man, right, Brandon?
1: Yeah, we used to have another guy, but that didn't work out so well, so we kicked him off.
0: You're damn right. This is where the big boys play.
1: Check the uh, adjective. Play.
0: Play. 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 Uh yeah. I mean, you know, we did have a third person on, and you know, during uh, that era of our show, those were fun times. I do. I do. I do like the three-person dynamic. I do. Um, you never know. Somebody else could come back, or the soundboard could be the third person for life, brother.
1: The soundboard becomes sentient.
0: Absolutely. Uh, this is our version of Vanguard One. You feels me? Uh, Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. If you were a wrestler, what celebrity not involved with the wrestling business would you want to be your manager or valet? Oh, wow. That's interesting.
1: Oh. I'm going full Dennis Rodman, Carmen Electra. <laughs> you want both? Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if you ever listened to uh, Talk and Shop, but they had Eric Bischoff on, and Eric Bischoff had a, a very funny story about Dennis Rodman and maybe Carmen Electra didn't name any names, but you can put two and two together. Very funny story.
0: Oh, tell it right now. Give us the gist.
1: Well, let's just say that they had an early morning call time for Howard Stern and Dennis Rodman was not answering his phone. He wasn't, you know, answering the door. So someone gave Eric a key card to his room. He goes in there and he proceeds to walk in to Dennis Rodman doing work on a uh, young lady and he has to tell Dennis you gotta gotta get ready buddy we gotta go to a radio show
0: hey Dennis after you're uh done being a couple pump chump can you uh can you come on we got we gotta go do a radio show well wow, that's uh that's that's that, that's interesting it's very interesting so uh I guess for me going back to the question um for a manager dude DJ Khaled DJ Khaled, bruh, I'm just in there doing a move to somebody, he's like, another one, and another one, we the best! That'd be great, dude, that'd be fun! And as far as a valet, you know, it's, uh, a woman, um, I don't know, you know, maybe like a... Oh, okay, or can, can we pull J-Lo away from A-Rod? Can we do that? I, I think I can make this happen. I think we can do that. That'd be nice, you know, I don't know. Something like that.
1: Don't know if you saw the last dance, Philip. But Carmen Electra looking just as good as she did 25 years ago.
0: Really? Okay. Um. Maybe I have to. <laughs> that's that's a possibility. You know, there's a long list of people that I I could want as a valet, but as a manager, got I gotta have gotta have DJ Khaled, or maybe Suge Knight. He'll uh, keep everybody away from me. You know what I mean? You got what I mean? You got what I mean? I think that's the end of the fan mail email portion. Let's go to the dms on the gram of insta and here we go in brightest day x oh he sent four of them first of all i only punched five holes in the wall and three people in the head after hearing all the greatest wrestling match ever talk oh i appreciate
1: that you're keeping track
0: absolutely uh imperium is my new favorite tag team that's good man I was already impressed with them but Shotzi and Tegan put on a great show. A great showing against the tag champs. You know, Shotzi, that's that's town business. We already knew how good she was. And a shout, shout out Tegan, you know, if you want to retire from the ring and be my valet, I'm I'm not opposed to it. All right, after uh we we losing the uniqueness that NXT had before it became a third brand or are we losing the uniqueness? Uh I don't think so, man. You know, NXT even though it's still been running in the Performance Center, it still felt different from Raw and SmackDown, so I wouldn't say that. It's really the talent, you know, that uh that makes it unique, and I, I think it's doing just fine. What about you, Brandon? You're the NXT guy.
1: Well, I've not seen this week's NXT quite yet, so I can't comment on my girl Shotzi and Tegan's performance, but I would assume they did quite well. Uh, they are actually still running from Full sale, I believe, but the... Shined the indiness of NXT might have been taken off a little bit because now, you know, they're on USA. But I always never really looked at NXT being, you know, the cool underground promotion because they're still a part of WWE. If you want a cool underground promotion, go watch GCW or Hood Slam or some promotion that no one really talks about on the mainstream level. But NXT, it is kind of hard for them to cause the I mean, not the main appeal of NXT is the crowd and the great matches that they have. So when you have no fans in the crowd, especially at TakeOver, I think that's one of the reasons why this past TakeOver for In Your House didn't, for me, really live up to the levels of the other TakeOvers just because they didn't have that super hot crowd. And the matches themselves with a crowd, maybe they could have been boosted a little bit, but right now it's kind of hard to have a fantastic match in front of 20 of your peers.
0: That's 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 true, you know, but I don't know, man. It's it it still does feel slightly different to to me. Excuse me. Mm. mm. The nightcap is uh is wearing off. Jesus. Um all right, with all that being said, I guess it's time for Monday Night Raw. So, Randy Orton comes out and he talks about winning the greatest wrestling match ever, therefore he's the greatest wrestler ever. You know, that'd be he is one of the GOATs, absolutely. And then Christian comes out there and, you know, they talk about Edge's injury and Orton's like, you "No, know, I know what you want. You want one more match. So he challenges him to an unsanctioned match because Christian cannot uh, compete uh, because, you know, he retired and all this other stuff. Uh, so what were your thoughts on this promo?
1: The promo itself, to kick off the show, I thought it was good. I like the kind of backstage uh, promos and vignettes with or, or with uh, Christian. I-, I thought Ric Flair, the promo or the little conversation he had with Christian backstage, I actually thought that was really good. I think that might be maybe some of the best work we've seen Ric Flair do in a while. And, I mean, if you can get to the match itself, I-, I really enjoyed the way Orton came across and the way he kind of was talking to Christian after the match.
0: Yeah, so the, the match, you know, Christian comes out there hands taped. And his street clothes. Of course he's not gonna have gear ready because he didn't expect to wrestle because he's retired. There we go. I like that. And he's
1: got the quarantine body.
0: Yeah, he does he does have the quarantine bod. Uh, so what happened is Flair comes out there, cuts cuts a little promo and he low blows uh Christian, dirtiest player in the game. That evolution tie is still there. And the ref rings a bell and he punches Christian in the head in one two three. And then Orton, he's talking to him like, I didn't want to do this. I told you I didn't want to do this. You should have stayed away. You know, he's like, come on, get him some help. Get him some help. I like that. You know, Orton being sadistic, and then he he looks and he realizes what he's done, and he he's trying to care uh, for the person that he's harmed. It's different, and I like it.
1: I hope we get some follow-up on Ric Flair, not saying I want to see Rick, Ric Flair and Randy Orton be together for the foreseeable future, but I want to at least get some context and why Rick did what he did. Hopefully he's on the show uh, next week. Maybe he was, I mean, let's be honest, maybe Ric Flair shouldn't have been there in the beginning because of the pandemic. You shouldn't have older people, especially with Ric Flair's health issues. Probably shouldn't have been there in the beginning, but let's, let's be honest. It's WWE. It's Ric Flair. If he has the opportunity, he's want to want to go and, perform so hopefully rick can have a really good heel promo and as i said i really enjoyed the way orton came across after the match he kind of did he it's basically what he did with edge is he's victim blaming christian for what he did he, he's saying you're the reason why i did this even though obviously randy orton crossed the line so in i, I definitely think this is building effectively to drew for drew to be that babyface to finally put an end to orton's punting and you know decapitating everybody
0: absolutely speaking of Drew, he's in a winner take all matches tag team partners the 24 7 champion r-truth uh they defeat bobby lashley and montel Vontavious porter uh drew and truth successfully retain their their respective championships
1: yeah i mean the match itself was all right i wasn't the biggest fan of drew mcintyre being a little you know angry. i mean obviously he's gonna be angry at our truth he looks kind of dumb putting the title on the line with our truth but i mean it is what it is and i I don't know we don't really talk about this all that often but i feel as though the our truth character especially in this day and age of the you know black lives matter movement and everything i really think the character needs to be either completely gone or tweaked to be a much more serious character because the the dumb black guy I think that should not be something that we see in wrestling right now.
0: Or, you know what? You know you know what? He joins Seth. Seth makes him realize the error of his ways. And we get serious, badass Ron Killings from early TNA. How about that? How about we do something like that, guys?
1: Well, that first interaction after R-Truth made the whatever tag team match official i you know drew had the talking to and was like you know make things right r-truth kind of had a serious demeanor to him i was like okay i know what i got to do it's so like okay we're gonna get a serious r-truth he's gonna come into the match he's gonna have a serious demeanor he's gonna wrestle and then no we go back to r-truth being r-truth
0: oh yeah with all the with all the ninjas and stuff and whatever the hell is always doing
1: because as we said at backlash all Japanese and Asian people know ninjas.
0: That's that's a fact. That's the truth, dude. Um, I, what Lashley asked Lana for a divorce. MVP called her a thought. She's all the makeup she has on. She's looking. She's looking a little caramel. What, what are our thoughts?
1: We kind of thought that this was gonna happen eventually. My thing is, I assume. Lana's the babyface in the situation, but they haven't really done anything to make her sympathetic. They do the little th- promo or thing afterwards with her and Natalia. So maybe they're setting up them either being a tag team or Lana managing Natalia. But I would think that Natalia has been leaning towards a heel turn anyway. So does that mean Lana's going to turn or? Stay heal with Natalia. I think this is just kind of a whole mess. They had the storyline of oh Lana's gonna turn on Rusev to go with Lashley, and then now she's with Lashley. What do we do with her? Because they didn't really have too much chem- chemistry together. So
0: no, no, they didn't. Uh, Lashley's mic perf- mic worked uh, on Monday. Was not a fan. Was not a fan. Um is. Sheldon Benjamin going to be playing the role of Kenny King from uh, WWE's version of the Beatdown Clan? Who's going to be playing Loki? I kind of want to know. Uh, MVP says he can get uh, Sheldon Benjamin an opportunity at the United States Championship. This leads to Apollo Cruz, the champion, versus Sheldon Benjamin, Benjamin unsuccessful in uh, defeating Apollo. What are your thoughts on MVP's involvement and the match?
1: The match itself was fine. MVP kind of talking to Apollo Crews as well, maybe trying to recruit him. I wouldn't be opposed to Apollo Crews maybe joining up with Lashley and MVP. I I mean, I don't know if you just want to put all the black people together, but that seems as though that's the kind of direction they're heading right now. But I think Apollo Crews is kind of in the same boat as Lashley where... He carries himself quite well. Obviously, Apollo Crews can have better matches than Lashley. He kind of lacks the size. His promos are kind of earnest and, you know, kind of it's like, oh, you know, that's kind of cute that he feels that way. But they're not like those rah rah, you know, like a Drew McIntyre promo. So I think if you get Crews with MVP, I think obviously that means Crews would have to turn heel, which we haven't really seen from him do that. So I think that could be a little interesting tweak to his character to see what he can do with that. But I wouldn't be opposed to Apollo Cruz doing that, or maybe MVP does get Sean Benjamin to recruit or to go with MVP. But stay tuned to find out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's we don't know. We just don't know what else happened on Raw. KO defeats on Helgarza.
1: Yes, that was a match.
0: It happened. Uh, Dominic attacks Seth. You know, he makes a run in while Seth is up on the uh, screen. I see they took my advice. Half uh, half regular mask and the other side is kind of blocked out eye where the damage was done by Rollins. And uh, while that's going on, Dominic makes a run in, handles uh, Murphy, uh, tosses up Seth a little bit and then dips out into the crowd.
1: Yeah, it was short, effective. You know, Dominic kind of gets one over on Seth. You don't have him do too much. I did find it kind of funny that Dominic was able to toss, was it, Murphy into the steps without hurting him while Nia jacks. I do that with Kyrie Zane
0: um like I said Kyrie had a bad day at the office I'm not gonna blame Nia at all why, why are you silent this is a podcast
1: just I'm gonna let that sink in for a second
0: I mean I mean, I mean, look at the professionalism I mean come on Nia Jax has been the world champion Kyrie Zane hasn't you have to look at the professionalism there you know, the hierarchy. Naya knows what she's doing. Kairi, I don't know why she didn't go shoulder first.
1: Because Naya pushed her head down and put it right in the steps.
0: You, you got to make quick adjustments. Shoulder first. That's what I would have done.
1: Well, when you only have about a second to react, it's kind of hard to turn your entire body. In. You, you can't really defy gravity by when you're going down to pull yourself up.
0: Hey, you got to do something. Defy gravity,
1: Kyrie. Come on, be better.
0: Exactly. You know, don't don't blame Nia. How dare you? How dare all of you? God damn it. Um. So where where were we? Uh, we're we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. The Iconics they defeat Liv Morgan because you only live once. And not uh not Nia Jax. Jesus Natalia. And then you know the Iconics come back out when Sasha and Bailey come back out. It was Bailey's birthday. Happy birthday, birthday, Bailey Dose belts, all this other stuff. So we're getting the iconics versus uh, DaBaby, uh baby, the baby Bailey and Blueface Banks next week. What are our thoughts?
1: Who's the babyface in this situation?
0: Um Peyton. I'll go Peyton. Shout a baby girl.
1: I can I could see that.
0: Yes, yes. So well, I mean, what are your thoughts on it?
1: The, the tag team match, it was a match nobody got hurt, so we can ask for. I don't know what's going on with Liv. She got pushed. She were getting those vignettes and everything, and she was almost kind of being the Nia Jack She's not like most girls, but now she's just having matches with the Iconics and getting chewed out by Natalia for being an ungrateful millennial.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know what's going to happen here. I really don't. Um The Raw Women's Championship was on the line. Asuka retains against Nia Jax. Um, it's okay, Nia, you'll get another opportunity and you'll get the job done. I believe in you.
1: It was the ultimate crappy WWE finish. You get a ref bump, you get a, a false, you get a DQ, and you get a fast count. So Nia definitely being protected. I, I hope this leads to a match where Asuka goes over Nia Jack's clean. Charlotte was on the show, but she didn't really do anything, just had a talk with her dad. So I still would assume that they're leaning towards Asuka and Charlotte later on down the line, possibly at SummerSlam.
0: Absolutely! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna scrap WWE all together. We're gonna to talk about AEW Dynamite. So here we go. The uh, champions, the, um, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, the AEW Tag Team Champions. They put the titles on the line against the Natural Nightmares, accompanied by Brandy Rose, it's QT Marshall and the Natural Dustin Rhodes. A pretty solid tag match. You know, they they're, they're, they open up the show. There's no commercial break. And uh, all in all, Paige and Omega, they get their job done and they retain the titles.
1: Good match. Good tag team match to start off the match. Uh, to start the show. I don't know if it was the best tag team match on the card. Just because I think... it. The Natural Nightmares. We all know they're not going to beat Omega and Paige, and also kind of hurts that you have Fighter Fest coming up. And they, I mean, they've been really teasing this best friends match for like a month. I mean, not like teasing in terms of the two teams going on, but just that the best friends have this match. So it's like, do we really think the Natural Nightmares are going to win? And then they still are continuing with this weird storyline with Allie being involved with qt even though we're just going to completely ignore that she was the bunny and didn't really do anything i know watch dark uh, they might have talked about it a little bit but let's be honest i mean how many people actually watch dark like maybe a third if that of their entire viewers that watch dynamite so i think as though they need to do a lot more telling that story but the match itself was fine the, i felt like the finish was never in doubt
0: yeah, I mean, uh, good good work. QT doesn't look like he's athletic, but he's a pretty, pretty agile fella. His a weird cartwheel uh, plancha over the top rope and moonsaults and all this other stuff. Shout out QT, man. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him and Allie. You know, there's there's an interest there. Uh, maybe she realized the, the horrors of her ways and didn't want to be a bunny to a butcher and a blade anymore. We don't know. We're going to have to find out. Uh, Anna Jay, she loses to abaddon i didn't see this match what, what happened here
1: well they started the match with a video package on anna jay saying that oh she wants to entertain the crowd and be an entertainer which i did not like whatsoever so you were thinking going into the match okay they're gonna build up anna jay she's gonna be the new thing and okay cool i did think it was kind of funny that they build her up and then she comes out with the 0 and one record which doesn't say a lot, but uh, then Abandon comes out or Abaddon comes out and she's, I don't even know how to really describe her. She's kind of like, Oh my God. What's the uh, Rosemary. She's kind of like Rosemary a little bit where she has the face paint. She has different eye contacts and she's like crawling and she's like a zombie type thing. And then she goes and, handily defeats anna jay which shows that abaddon kind of in the end was really the person they're putting over at the end which i thought was kind of a cool little touch you you put you put over one person at the beginning but then in the end the other person wins so hopefully abaddon who did has signed a contract with AEW, so she will be with the the company long term two new acts To be on dynamite and with Sheeta, and as I said last week, it feels though there's only like four women in the division, so they just kind of keep trading wins back and forth. You have this new upstart heel. Hopefully, she gets some wins. Sheeta beats Penelope Ford at Fighter Fest, and you can move on to a uh, feud with Abaddon later on down the line. But it was a short match, kind of clunky and messed up, kind of like all the AEW women's matches are. So, we don't exactly know how good Abaddon really is because I've never seen her before.
0: Yeah, I've, I've never seen her before either. Uh, I, I knew Anna J lost obviously looking at the script. But I I didn't know how. I didn't I didn't go back and seek it. But uh, from from what I've heard, she's kind of like a Rosemary or a a Jessica Havoc from Impact. You know, because she's a she has a larger frame and kind of the same gimmick running there. So that's that that's all right. All right, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, accompanied by Wardlow, he defeats Billy of the Gun Club. Billy is accompanied by his son Austin Gun. So yeah, uh, the di- the diamond dozen ring is the deciding factor in this match.
1: The match itself was fine. I mean, Billy Gunn is kind of one of those deceptively tall guys, so when he just towers over MJF, it it doesn't look particularly good for MJF, but he is kind of the uh, the chickenish heel where he's going to, you know, whine and complain and run all over the place and not want to attack the babyface head on. So, I think it I'm fine with it. MJF ultimately gets the win with the diamond ring. So he gets the win as he should have, but the match itself was all right. Nothing really much to complain here. Maybe they build a- another match with another gun at fighter fest with MJF, which he can get another win. And well, obviously they're building towards a, a feud with jungle boy, which in this day and age of COVID, I know they're testing everybody, but do you really need to have a pull apart brawl with 20 people all getting each other's faces and breathing and touching each other?
0: Yes. How are you going to do a pull-apart in wrestling?
1: You don't do it all.
0: We have to have pull-aparts. We have to. It's a it's a wrestling staple. You know.
1: Just like Nia Jax hurting people.
0: That's not a... How, da- how dare you? I give you this great intro, then you're just going to bury the people I like. What's wrong with you, man? Shame. Alright, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She's passing notes to Tony Schiavone, so we can read them on Dynamite. Uh, I thought, I thought this, I thought this was funny. I, I did her note passing, because I knew if she was doing the same thing, like, showing, uh, video montages of her working out, I, you know, I knew that was gonna get boring quick, and then they do the, uh, whole thing where she's getting ready to be taken away, in Big Swole's in the driver's seat. And I wanted her to say, Where to, Brittany? Kind of like, it's still the whole play on the Where To, Teddy, and Where To, Stephanie thing. But uh, she said, Where To, Doctor. I'm like, "Ah, It would have hit better if it was Brittany. Anyway, uh, she uh, gets driven away. What are your thoughts on Britt Baker this episode of Dynamite?
1: Just like you, I very much enjoyed the note pass, and I thought Britt Baker, you know, she's funny. She's a good heel. And then I think it kind of went downhill with Big Swole abducting her the forced undertaker line was like, okay, whatever. I I see what you did there. That was kind of like a, a BTE bit, which I think they've done. They, they did that exact same thing with the private party vignette that they've been doing with the bear. If you haven't seen BTE, it'll make sense to you, but I, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it out, which I've called this out at WWE a ton. Why was there a camera inside the golf cart? We've never seen that angle. I think ever before. So, when it's convenient, they had a camera behind the wheel videotaping Big Swole. So it happens in WWE. I call it out. It happens in AEW. I'm gonna call it out.
0: No, I th- w- wasn't the. Oh yeah, th- there was, huh? There was a video... T- okay, I see, I see what you mean. I'm looking back at it, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, AEW has video tapes on video video cameras on turnbuckles. I mean, I don't know.
1: All you had to do is like have a GoPro somewhere that you used a week or two ago, but then that have to, you know, have some more longer term storyline. And I don't think they're really booking this a month out. They're probably booking it week to week. So I I think you could have just been fine with having the cameraman trail the cart, or maybe even have like a camera on the other side. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get too big into the details here, but the aftermath of Brit being in the dumpster and, uh, what's I know you like the, the assistant. What's the assistant's name?
0: Uh, Rebel. Shut up. Rebel. Rebel.
1: That, that was kind of funny and over the top. Maybe a little bit too much, but I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about her, uh, where she was found in a little bit. All right, Cody, uh, he defends the TNT Championship. It is the title of America's greatest network. He defends it against the incomparable Ricky Starks from the NWA. He's a former television champion. My homie Zicky Dice beat him to... Uh, win that title. But uh, what are your your thoughts on Starks making his AEW debut against Cody?
1: Honestly, I don't watch NWA. I didn't really know who Ricky Starks is. The match itself, I thought was good. Another kind of solid, decisive win to get uh, some heat behind Cody. Definitely they're building towards the Jake Hager match at Fighter Fest. So, I mean, a good... I don't know if he's actually signed with AEW, but I think it's a good... Addition for the AEW mid card.
0: Absolutely, you know he he does good work. He's charismatic. Uh, Watch those promos from NWA with David Marquez. He can talk. So you know I, I think he'd be a very very valuable asset for all Elite Wrestling. All right, uh, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, they defeat the Super Bad Squad consisting of Super Bad, Kip Sabian, and Jimmy Havoc. I'm just glad they're not Super Bad Death Squad anymore. That that was annoying. This. Isn't much better, but it's it's a start. You know what I mean?
1: I can see where you're coming from. Super bad Death Squad. Super bad Squad. That's, Shorter, more concise.
0: Absolutely. So, what are your thoughts on the, the Bucks beating these boys?
1: I really enjoyed this match. I think this was the best match of the show. I thought it got really good really late. I know there was kind of some shenanigans going on at ringside with Penelope, Butcher Blade, FTR, and all that stuff. But I thought, in ring wise, I thought they had some good near falls. Oh, the Bullet Cast hotline is ringing. But overall, I thought the match was really good, and I enjoyed the aftermath as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, we have a. Uh... The Butcher and the Blade, there's no bunny because they don't have a bunny anymore. They're, then there's FTR, you know, they're top guys. No flips, just feast. Uh Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. Yes. You know, just kind of having all these teams interact with each other. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and they're still teasing FTR and the Young Bucks. It's the match everybody wants to see. And they're, I mean, it's a slow, it's kind of a slow burn. I think they're kind of burning a little bit they're burning a little fast right now just to kind of tease it but i think they're going to pull back on it eventually.
0: Yeah, it's it's coming boys and girls. It's it's a coming. Um then we have Taz and Brian Cage cutting a promo out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Taz the FTW title like somebody wrote in, haha. You know, playing on the ECW days. Taz looking like he's about to induce a stroke every time he's cutting a promo now.
1: I very much enjoyed this promo. I think Taz has been doing great work. He comes across super serious, and you know he makes Cage feel like this big effing deal. Shout out Carl Fredericks. But I thought it was good stuff. I really enjoyed what they did last week. And Cage talked. Cage was all right, but I think it definitely showed that Cage is okay in spurts, but Taz carrying a majority of the promo definitely is where it's at. And then Moxley having a rebuttal in a pre-taped, Promo, I thought that was fantastic as well.
0: Yeah, I mean that's great. Do you think you think Taz can? Uh, you think Taz can still take a bump or two?
1: I don't exactly know the health status of Taz. Maybe he can take. I mean, I think he might be in better shape than Arn Anderson, so maybe he can do something. But I, I think you want to keep the focus on Cage and Moxley. Maybe Taz could be kind of the Bryant, the Bobby Heenan of. AEW, where he just keeps finding you know, big dudes over and over and over again to just feed to John Moxley. Yeah, I,
0: I think that'd be nice, and I just want to see Taz that a suplex, j- just one, j- just one. I think that'd be nice. I mean, he he's in he's in uh, impeccable shape, you know. In the promo, he was talking about consuming all these uh these these powders and you know you know body guy stuff, what they do, you know, drink a whole bunch of protein, eat steaks, and lift weights, baby. Oh yeah, duckie. <laughs> there we go there's the wrestling impersonations you gotta love it man you gotta love it all right uh Britt Baker was found in the dumpster um uh, by rebel Shout out rebel Shout out baby girl you know i I think that's I think that's the valet to answer the question I, I think that's the one I'm sticking with it I know she's in the wrestling business but no oh well you know you gotta do what you gotta do anyway the point being uh, Brit Baker was found in the dumpster, you know, Rubble said she had to go pee, and then she, Britt's like, you're fine? She's like, oh, I'm free? She's like, no, no, come back here. And she's like, where's Tony? He's supposed to be by me. Uh, funny stuff. I liked it.
1: I enjoyed it. I think Britt Baker definitely is thriving in this new comedy, hue role. I mean, obviously she can't do anything physically, so she's going to have to rely a lot on... Her promos and her comedy, I think it's it's working. Hopefully, when she gets closer to her return, she gets a little bit more serious. But I think right now she's doing some entertaining work.
0: Absolutely. All right, it was the main event. They put their they put their opportunity at the AEW Tag Team Championships on the line. This was the best friends consisting of uh, Chucky e. T and Trent, no longer last name Beretta. They put their tag title. Opportunity on the line against Les Sex Gods, Sammy Guevara, and the man that's responsible for
1: Ooh, a little
0: bit of the bubbly. Les Champion, Chris Jericho. It was a walk and brawl for a little bit. I mean, the the inner circle baseball bat that Jericho now accompany uh, that accompanies him to the ring. It came into play on a uh, t- uh, no, Trent's Trent's ribs, and all in all, the uh, the best friends successfully retained their opportunity at the tag titles against Les Sex Gods.
1: The match itself was okay, as you said. Kind of a lot of, you know, outside stuff in the match. The the finish with Orange Cassidy, I mean, it, it was kind of cute. But Best Friends get the number one contendership. Still, it feels like they've been contenders for like three months at this point. But we're finally going to get that Omega Page Best Friends match. We've all been waiting to see.
0: Yes, but the match I'm waiting to see, it's going to happen at Fighter Fest freshly squeezed Blood Orange Cassidy versus Le Champion, Chris Jericho. I'm excited for that, dude. I think that's going to be good. Uh, Cassidy uh, comes out and he's beating up Jericho. He was looking intense and fast. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I very much enjoyed this. I think this could have been a really big thing if there was a crowd there I think because this was really the first time we've seen orange Cassidy be super serious high energy high octane and I think that could have got a huge pop from the crowd especially if you were telling the story in front of a crowd after the big beat down and then you finally get the payoff of orange Cassidy actually trying which is kind of the big deal with him and then now he has the match with Chris Jericho I'm actually really excited to see what they do here I wonder I would assume orange Cassidy is gonna go for it from the bell and he can definitely you know, create movement for Jericho. And I think he's small enough to where Jericho can still do some power stuff and do some quickness stuff. So uh, really excited to see what they can do.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think it'll be cool. You know, like I said, Jericho, he's still doing basically all the moves he's done his whole career. The only new thing that he does is with the Judas effect, the elbow, still dropping drop kicks and lion salts and all that other stuff and injuries. So I think I think they'll be fine, and they'll uh, it'll it'll be a pretty decently paced uh, worked match by those gentlemen. All and like you said, I do feel like the best friends have been uh, uh, number one contenders for quite some time, but it's they're getting their opportunity in a couple weeks at fighter fest all right superstar spotlight who do you got who do you got
1: i will go with edge i thought you know had a really good match at backlash might not have been the best wrestling match ever but he has a great match and then he gets injured so it's probably a long time until edge gets another superstar spotlight so gotta give him his due
0: Absolutely. Oh, we do. We have a, we have another fan mail. I, I didn't see. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, jack of all trades. After you've had some a couple days to digest it, what are your thoughts on the greatest wrestling match ever? Well, my superstar spotlight was going to be um, well, what's his name, Randy Orton, because of the his performance against uh Christian. Um, now that we've had a couple days to digest it, I I I will say this. It was it going to be the greatest wrestling match ever? No, absolutely not. But it was. It was basically just an homage, an homage to everything that we love about wrestling. You know, the, the grandioseness. That's why the piped-in crowd noise happened. You know, that's why Howard Finkel introduced them. And that's why they did angle slams and pedigrees and rock bottoms and the Three Amigos. It was an homage to the greatness that is professional wrestling. So, I, I, I got the angle in which they were going with it. And uh, I, I thought it was a job well done.
1: So the match itself, the in-ring work, I think I liked it a lot. I think they they worked it well. I think you could have cut off maybe 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, because they did go quite a bit of time. So it was kind of on the last man standing where they kind of went a little bit too long. They were trying to have that epic match. But I think the thing that really brought it down for me was the enhanced crowd. I think they were trying to say this wrestling match, is too good to be in front of 20 people, so we're going to make it sound like it's in front of 12,000 people. But when you know that it's obviously piped-in crowd noise, it definitely takes a lot out of the match. I think that's the main reason I didn't like the match, you know, as a like an A-plus type of match, is because of the crowd noise. I think that really took away from it. So in-ring-wise, really good. But I think just everything surrounding the match itself, I did not like it.
0: Yeah, you see, still, the piped-in crowd noise didn't take me out of it, still. Um, I th- I thought it, it helped enhance it, but you know, we'll agree to
1: disagree. I just thought it was too over the top. I thought it was too over the top. I think if you turned it down a little bit, like obviously it still could have been there and you could have recognized it. But I think the fact that they just made it seem like they're at MSG and, you know, a Bruno match or something was like, okay guys, come on. We all know this is all fake and you- you're doing too much.
0: I thought it was fine. I did. You know, I, I, I re- really, really did. I did. Um, uh, we're, we're going to move on to our, uh, promo pick of the week though. Brandon, who's, uh, whose theme song is that?
1: Uh, I don't exactly know, but I'm going to go off the promo pick that it's Christian Cage's TNA theme.
0: Hey, you're right. You're right. You're right.
1: Look at that. I am so smart. So yes, this is a Christian podcast. Today, not like, you know, Jesus, but you know, if, if that's the way you go, so be it. But Christian Cage, NWA, ti- he wins the NWA title, his first world title win in 12 years of wrestling, which was kind of the main big deal for this. He comes out big pop, big support. This is following the, I'm not even going to remember what it is, but it's from TNA. If you type in Christian Cage TNA promo, I think it's the first thing that comes up. It is the impact post his win you know, super raw, raw, baby face speech and kind of shots fired at WWE saying that he didn't get his opportunity. He finally gets his chance after so long, he gets his title win. And I think just the main thing to take away is like Christian was really over it this time. The crowd was behind him. Just kind of makes you wonder what the hell happened to TNA.
0: Yeah, he said it was for of real wrestling fans. Obviously, TNA became more of a gimmick at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando hey, you know, let's go check out whatever they're going on here, you know. Uh, but Christian Cage, I mean, he won it at Against All Odds in 2006. Yeah, he he was over. This was his first quote-unquote world championship win, heavyweight title win. But uh, Christian Cage, I loved him in TNA. He did really good work. He was there for, what, two years, I think. I think he was there for two years or three. But in that time span, he had, he had great matches and great promos like this. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the match pick of the week. The theme song for the phenomenal one, the phenomenal AJ Styles. He goes up against Jay Lethal. No, he's not working his black machismo gimmick here. But it's Slamiversary TNA, uh, June thirteenth, two thousand ten. This is when AJ Styles is wearing the robes and he's trying to impress Ric Flair. Because, you know, he's a part of the Fortune Faction. And, uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts on this match 10 years ago?
1: Really good match. Love, I mean, maybe not love, but I really enjoyed Jay Lethal's work. AJ Styles, prime AJ Styles, where he can athletically do anything you can imagine. TNA Slammiversary, you know, big stage. One of the marquee pay-per-views for TNA, so they definitely wanted to show out. Good stuff. Definitely recommend you guys check this match out.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's gonna do it for Brandon and myself. Follow us on Twitter at Bulletcast, Instagram the Bulletcast, YouTube channel uh, the Bulletcast. Email is Bulletcast2us in the number two sweet s w e t at gmail.com. Every Thursday night from nine pm to ten pm, ninety nine point nine FMK, to Ben Watsonville. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon. We're all over the damn place. Uh, we're gonna try to get you to that top ten list of our favorite wrestlers of all time. It may be come out uh, this week or may come out next week. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, But, ladies and gentlemen, in the meantime, while things start to open up, please stay clean, stay safe, stay strong. And for the rest of you that don't want to go out, stay quarantined. This
1: has been the BullaCast. Thank you for listening.